0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. But we'll begin the lesson tonight, and uh, we'll start off at Psalms 105 15. And uh, Brother Justin will be getting some scriptures there on the screen for us. Uh, Most of them I jotted just the scripture reference down in your outline there, and so you'll be able to read those as well. But. Uh, I was reading an article uh, the other day, and it said, pray for your pastor. 97% of pastors have been betrayed, falsely accused, or hurt by their trusted friends. Isn't that something? 97%. 70% of pastors battle depression. 7,000 churches close each year because they don't have a pastor. 1,500 pastors quit each month and 10% will retire as a pastor. 80% of pastors feel discouraged. 94% of pastors' families feel the pressure of the ministry. And 78% of pastors have no close friends. 90% of pastors report working 55 to 75 hours per week pray for your pastor amen we should always pray for him and so we're we're thankful that tonight i can be here to be a help to him and uh he should be able to be with his wife and and uh, he's really had a couple of rough days and so uh we we just pray the lord will get help him get some rest tonight but what does the bible say about going against god's man is it important that we know these facts, these things that the Bible says? It's so easy many times to criticize who is doing the pastoral work in a church because we may feel for many different reasons that it isn't according to what we think. But tonight, I want to look at a couple of things. And this Psalm 105.15 in your outline says, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. That means touching them in a way that will hurt them spiritually, physically, uh, emotionally, many ways. Uh, We we need to, of course, always pray for our pastor, but many times people feel like that they have to try to get involved with what he's doing and, and do the things that God's called him to do. So it is very important Because God uses men and women for his different purposes. We know that. God has called people to do separate things and different things. And God has delegated these needs uh, to his people and the ministries. And they are very important. You know, if we did not have a pastor, think of what it would be like. I just can't imagine that. Many of us can't. You know, we think about having someone there for us when when funerals need to be preached or weddings need to be conducted and, and uh times when counseling sessions need to be done and visiting needs to be done. And I know that uh this COVID thing has put a put a hardship on his visiting people and it's made it very hard. And uh but hopefully people will understand and, and we're getting back to that area where he will be able to get back to visiting people but uh, and doing the things that he always did. But I can understand him being cautious about that as well. But you know, it is very important. And one such need that God says is important is to have a shepherd of a local assembly of believers. Have someone shepherd that flock. You know, if you take a flock of sheep and there's no shepherd, those sheep are going to get hurt. They're going to get Uh, Lost, they're going to get so many things happen to them but I'm so thankful that as a flock here at our church we have a good shepherd amen a a man that that not only preaches the word but he cares about each and every person he's concerned over them he wants to know what's going on in your life and that's very important Uh, I, I left those two areas blank in your outline that man is called a what A pastor and a preacher. A pastor and a preacher. You know, I guess some churches have a pastor, but maybe they don't have a preacher. I don't know if you understand that. Some people, some churches have a preacher, but they don't have a pastor. You see, that job, even though it's, it's a job together, uh, it's, it's, it's one thing to get up and preach God's word from this pulpit, but it's another thing to pastor the people and that becomes more involved a lot of people think that all it is to the minister's job is when he steps up here to preach or teach and it certainly isn't that's only a small portion of the of the ministry and in fact the majority of the time is pastoring and most folks will never know what a pastor faces and what he has to hear and deal with continually on a continual basis so i wonder what would make people talk against the pastor? What would make them uh, come up with something that they're going against God's man? And several of the things I thought about here tonight was maybe it's because of jealousy that they were not called to be in that position. Maybe it was they are not scripturally qualified for such a role of leadership. Or maybe is they just don't agree with how he's doing things in the ministry and are just having a belief that they that they can do a better job than their pastor. And I got news for you. If you stepped in his shoes for a little while, you'd probably be ready to step back out very soon. <clears throat> because that position is a God-called position. You know, if you're in that position for the, any other reason than God called you to be in, then you'll find out very quickly it's not a pleasant thing. And it is isn't any way for a pastor. But many people feel like they can uh, talk against their preacher. And I want to show tonight that that's a very dangerous mistake to make, a very dangerous thing to do so. All throughout the Bible, there are examples how God dealt with those who rose up against God's man. And Maybe he could get Numbers 12, 9, and 10 on there and, and look at that for just a minute. This was a particular instance here where Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. And we find that the Bible says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. And then verse number 10 says that, and the cloud departed off the tabernacle and behold, Miriam became leprous. Brother Greg was reading about that leprosy and how they could pick it out. So Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. What made her become leprous? Because she spoke out against God's man. So leprosy, we're finding out, is a very, very rough thing, a very hard thing you were... You were cast away from your family. You had to only be in certain areas and, until you were clean again. And so this particular thing fell upon, this plague fell upon the, her because of, of speaking against God's man. All right, look at Numbers 21, verse 5 and 6. And here we find the people of Israel spoke against uh, Moses. They he really spoke against God as well. But Numbers 21, verse number 5, the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loadeth for this light bread. So they were complaining that they were out here in the wilderness. And then it says in verse number 6, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people, and look what happened. Much people of Israel died. You know, that would have been totally unnecessary, totally unnecessary that they died if they'd only said, trusted the Lord God, that he knew what he was doing with Moses. And so, you know, I don't like serpents to begin with. I can't imagine the fiery serpents. Maybe they were just poisonous serpents, meaning fiery. I don't know. One thing is for sure, when they bit them, they died. And so that once again came because they spoke against God and they spoke against Moses. Now I want you to notice this instance. When Korah and over 250 others spoke against Moses and Aaron, Numbers chapter 16, verses 2 and 3, and then we'll jump down to verse 31 and 33. They rose up before Moses and certain of the children of Israel noticed 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation and men of renown. It didn't make a difference because they were well known, they were liked, those type of people, you know, even in our churches today we could we may be people in the church that are favored by a lot of other people and they have a lot of friends and all of this other thing, but it still we shouldn't give, gives us the right to speak against God's man. Notice verse three. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. So they're saying, you know what? You're not doing what you should be doing. You're lifting yourself up. You're doing all these other things. And so what's going to happen because of that? A very strange thing took place. Look at verse number 31 and what happened here. And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them—that means that it opened up. In verse thirty-two, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up. <laughs> and look what the Lord did: their houses and all the men that appertain unto Korah and all their goods. And then in verse number thirty-three. And they and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation. Wow. All of a sudden the earth just opened up and took them all. Homes, everything. Everything they had. And you know what the Lord did? He sealed it up too. Closed it up. Why? because they spoke against God's man. It's a very serious thing that they do here. Now, also, let's look at Second Kings chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. When the children mocked God's man, Elisha had been doing a work for the Lord. And then here we find that some children, really, they were like teenagers. When we see that word children, we think of a little bitty... Small children, but these were like teenagers that were making fun here. He went up thence unto Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. It's not good to make fun of somebody bald, is it? And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And look what took place. There came forth two she-bears out of the woods and tear forty and two children of them. So two bears came out of the woods and took care of business. Because why? They mocked the man of God. So it is a very serious thing. And history tells us that all through the Bible, that whenever someone came against God's man or even the Lord Jesus himself, some terrible things were going to happen to them. I've been around a lot of preachers in my day, and I have heard people making fun and saying things about about preachers. Many times my wife and me, we'd look at each other and say, that's a dangerous thing to do. They shouldn't do that. Because I'm afraid of what's going to take place. And I've seen some bad things happen because of that situation. So it is, you know, even Pontius Pilate, remember when he ordered Jesus' death? The Bible says he died by suicide. Judas, of course, betrayed our Lord Jesus and became so miserable at what he had done. Look at Matthew 27, verses 3 through 5, that that uh, he killed himself. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. And verse number four, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood. He knew he had done wrong. He knew he had done a bad thing. And they said, what is it to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and look what he did he went and hanged himself so he knew he had done wrong he had, he had he had betrayed the lord jesus christ i'm reminded of the two thieves on each side of the cross jesus was hanging there you remember one thief railed on him the bible says the other the other thief said hey i don't deserve i deserve what i'm getting he doesn't deserve that but I deserve what I'm getting. And Lord, would you please have pity on me? And he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. The other thief died and he didn't have a chance to be saved because he went against God's, God himself. You know, David would not go against King Saul even though David knew King Saul had done a lot of things wrong. David's heart was 1 Samuel 26, 11. And he said, the Lord forbid that I should stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. So even even though he he said, hey, you've been wrong about several things and several times, he said, but still, you're God's anointed and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stretch forth my hand against that. And so David was blessed, of course, over and over again. You know, today there are many that don't have any fear, or they don't have the respect that they should for God's man, and I believe that the talking against him or the leaderships in the church over that, it it just it just hurts the church as a whole. So we need to be careful of that. Not that any of us here would do that tonight, but you know we may hear some people down down the road. Who knows? And be able to share with them, hey. You know, I got the, I got news for you. You better be careful because of what the Bible says. You know, one thing is for sure, and I know you'll agree with this, the pastor of any church is not perfect. There's never a perfect pastor because none of us are perfect. And so no one is going to agree with him all the time. And he knows that. He'd be the first to admit that. But he is making the decisions And if he's wrong, he'll have to answer for that to the Lord. But it's very important that we know that, you know what? He probably wouldn't agree with everything we do either. (laughs) And so he is the leader of the local church. And I feel like that we need to step back and realize, hey, for the time that we are living right now, And here he is getting ready to celebrate 34 years as a senior pastor. I believe God put him right here for that purpose. And he's keeping him here. And while he's here, I believe folks should obey him, they should respect him, and they should encourage him. And that last word, encourage, is important. Important. You know, many times we think, man, that was a good message or he's doing a good job, but when have we stopped and let him know that? You know, I'm, I know many times in my own life when I've had an opportunity to speak and preach and teach from the pulpit, and you, you just won't know what it means to me to have people come up and say, you know what, That that really meant something to me, and I really got something out of that. One day I got the sweetest letter in the mail, a little note card, Said how much that it meant to them what I spoke on that night. And I was just thrilled over that because, you know, I just, I don't never know if it's getting out there and it's doing any good. But it's so good to tell the pastor once in a while. And I know he doesn't stand at the door right now. We may get back to that and you had an an opportunity to tell him how you enjoyed the message. But maybe you could always text him or or send a little note or something, but that certainly would encourage him, and I think it's very important that we do that, that we definitely uh, encourage the pastor and uh, what he is what doing there. You say, well, what what about, is there any situations that the pastor needs to move on, or, or that the pastor is wrong, or that the pastor, yes, there can be things like like if you recognize that that the pastor of a church is not preaching God's word. not he, He's taking the word of God and he's, he's twisting it and he's making it say something else that it doesn't even say. And, or maybe he's not even preaching out of God's word. Then I think, yeah, something needs to be done. Something definitely needs to be done there. But you know, as long as he's preaching the word of God, as long as he's sticking by the stuff, and until God takes him home or God himself says, hey, it's time for you to relocate somewhere else then I think he should stay the pastor of the church I think he should continue to do that but it's so so hurtful many times when people belittle or they question his ministry and people just don't realize what kind of damage that can do you know one thing that I have seen over and over again and you see it in the word of God is how and we saw in some of these scriptures tonight It's like the children of Israel. They were murmuring against Moses. And when I thought about that word murmuring, when we murmur against God's man, really it's it's bringing sin in our life. And sin in our life is always going to do harm. It's always going to affect us. But murmuring about one another's work for Christ. I think brings us really close to that word judging. And I put Matthew 7, 1 in there. Most of you know that verse by heart. <laughs> Judge not that you be not judged. You see, we have someone that does the judging and that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will let you know what's right and what's wrong. You know, I, I remember I've I've pastored even for a few years myself and I get so tickled when I have people come up to me and they say, you know what, pastor, the, the, God told me to tell you. And I said, I stop them right there and said, well, you know what? I think God can tell me just like he told you. So until he tells me, we're going to still go the way I'm going. <laughs> Amen. But you know, that, that's many times we feel like we got to judge someone. We got to set someone straight. And like I said, if they're, they're not doing what God's called them to do, we'll know that. We will know if they are line. But complaining about the pastor or any other church leader is certainly going to spread discontent among others and it will sow seeds of discord. And I, I just put this reference in your, bio, in your outline, I believe Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. I want to look at those real quickly. It says, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. If we stopped right there, we'd say, oh yeah, I, I, I know all of that. I agree with all of that. But look at this. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations and feet that be swift to run into mischief. So when we start imagining things that we feel like that we need to set straight and then many times people will jump right on that bandwagon and run along to it. But look at this, a false witness that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among the brethren. You remember how that verse started off? These are things the Lord hates. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get on a list of things that the Lord hates. (laughs) I don't want to get there. That can be dangerous. But division in a church will always hurt it. It will always hurt things trying to go forward for the Lord. And you know, it, it never ceases to happen. When the Lord really starts moving and things start happening, that's when the devil wants to get his foot in there. So pray that he don't do that. Pray that things don't do that. And that we're just going through some great services here. I ain't got over Sunday service yet. It was not a great service. From beginning to the end, I just left full. And every service, people getting saved and joining the church, I mean, some great things are taking place. So the last thing we want to do is have any kind of discord going on. So when we talk about or we question the pastor of what he's doing, or even any of the leaders in the church, I thank the Lord for all of our teachers we have here, everything that they're doing, children's ministries, Praise the Lord for people that step up and do these things, amen? And we should encourage them. But you know, another thought I want you to think about tonight, and that's this. If we leave here on a Sunday and we go out to lunch and we have pastor for lunch and we roast him with our family and our children around, you know, they're going to hear that. And they're going to come to a point where they lose respect for the ministry. They will lose respect, whether it's from the pulpit or the classroom. They will come to a place to say, hey, you know what? Evidently, my parents don't think too much is going on. They don't mind bad-mouthing the preacher. So I don't feel like I need to respect him or listen to him as well. So that's a very important thing for us to remember as we go along in this Christian life as well. I want our children and our young people to grow up loving the Lord and wanting loving our pastor and coming to a point where they hey, I need to talk to him i need to be I need to have him minister to me and and uh you know he's always reachable for these children, and he loves loves the young people and children in our church for sure. you know I'm reminded of Aaron and her, remember that when they were helping the man of God they noticed that Moses' arms were, were directing the battle. And you know if you keep your arms up for any length of time, pretty soon they just become heavier and heavier. And that's what was happening. His arms were starting to go down. And as they would go down, then the, the enemy would start winning in the battle. So Aaron and Hur noticed that. They knew that. And they were quick to rush and find support And a place for him to sit down and then each one of them would hold up his arms and the battle would start to win. The victory would start to be there. And I want to say tonight, that is something that we need all do and that's hold up his arms. Hold him up. You know, he's the pastor of the church, but believe me, he depends on all of us too. He's looking for people to help him out as well. That's why when he called me, it wasn't a question of, well, it's a short notice, but that doesn't matter. I'm glad I'm here to hold up his arms tonight and help him out a little bit. And that's what we all should do. Be an encouragement to him and you'll see more spiritual battles won when we encourage our pastor. Lift up his arms. You know the old saying, if you don't have anything good to say, Don't say nothing at all. That's a pretty good saying, isn't it? I mean, many times I say, Lord, just shut my lips because I had a thought come across and it ain't going to be no good. So just send that back where it came from. I don't need to speak it out. Amen? That's what the Bible says about going against God's man. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at bufordroadbaptistchurch.com.